What's up everybody, this is Brad with the Mature Minded Gamers. We are a group of adult gamers who have jobs and lives, but also several passions like board gaming, Star Trek, and much more. You can check out our website, MatureMindedGamers.com, where you'll find links to our YouTube channel, Twitch streams, and all of our podcasts. Today we're bringing you another episode of our Star Trek podcast where we cover all things Trek. What's up, everybody? It's Brad with the Mature Minded Gamers, and we're here tonight to talk about another episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm here with Where my buddies. Enthusiasm. I'm here with Will and Eric. Hey, everybody. There it is. And tonight's episode is called We'll Always Have Paris. We'll Always Have Tom Paris. So, play off of a Next Generation episode. Yep, sure is. Without Googling it, can you say what season and episode? That's a no. That, oh, that's, that's a big that's fat negative for me. Yep. I can't either, so I, cool. I don't I don't remember that. I, I know it's a next generation episode. I just didn't know what next generation episode it was. Can I phone a friend? Yeah, phone a friend. Okay. You gonna call Ben? How'd you know? <laughs> He's the only if one he that I know. Join that... in. Oh, how oh. how how great of an episode would that be is if he just dropped in in the middle of the episode and Bam. told us about all the Easter eggs? Because I bet he caught about three times as many as I did. He would know them all too. Oh, he would know them all too. Like there's some of them where I just reference as this and that, and some of them that I caught again on the second um the second watch through today. But man, this was a fan servicey episode. I mean, like you it couldn't go a couple of seconds without doing something. Um I enjoyed it. It was it was a good episode. I don't know that I would say it was good. It was okay. But well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Boimler's back. Pretty fun. Boimler's back. Back again. I can care less about that. You know, after that Dude, first episode. No, Boimler is my bo- yeah. he's like he's my spirit animal. It's because you share a name. No, it's because he act it seems like his situations are similar to me in some other situations. Like, for instance, not being able to use a replicator. For instance, his security credentials not working where it should. And then yeah, right off the bat so there we see using replicator. Huh? You have so many problems using a replicator. My 3D printer has not worked right in a long time, hmm. which in our terms is pretty much a replicator. Yeah. Is it not? Well, you're not wrong. I'm actually messing with one right now. Yeah. Did you guys notice in the background when Boimler was uh, messing around on the uh, replicator, the the woman with Jordy's visor? No, I there was, didn't notice there that. Was a, yeah, there was a, uh, um, about third in line back, there was somebody with Jordy's visor on, which in my mind kind of doesn't pan because, or pan out because, at this point in time in Trek canon that he's had his surgery, so he doesn't require the visor anymore. So we know that the the technology is there to not require it. But either way, it was still a fan servicey kind of thing. Mm. Then moments later, Mariner going, we're going to do sci-fi stuff today? <laughs> that that probably was like one of the best quotes in the entire episode for me. It was a good one. Did, did I miss anything up to this point? I mean, I'm only like three minutes into the episode, but did I miss any... Any Easter eggs that you guys caught? No, I don't think so. Mm, cool. All right. Well, um, we find out a few minutes later that Shax is back, our favorite Bajoran. Um, anybody see that coming? Because I certainly didn't. No. I think I predicted it, you know, back when he died, but uh, I didn't really think it was going to happen. It's one of those deals. Like all of a sudden, very right. Kenny from South Park-like. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to find a way to say that every single episode, by the way. Did you like how they kind of they played off that tr- that whole trope of dying and coming back? You know, like like it was normal, yeah. like and they just kept yeah. it going too. Yeah, Boimler was like, 
Yeah, they're bridge crew. They always come back. <laughs> right. I think everybody said that, Mariner and everybody. So well, like I think the only person who thought it was a big deal was Rutherford. 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 So, so and I'm gonna be honest. I think this is gonna lead up to why he's gonna reset his memory because he can't handle knowing this truth at the end of the season. Boom, reset. Just like I said. So you think every season Rutherford's gonna Rutherford's gonna reset? Yep. I mean, how I predicted that last year. Remember? Yeah, I do remember that. But I, I think that's gonna. I think this season this, that's gonna be the reason. And I, I mean, I, I almost hope they don't play it out to where it's bothering him so much every season, but maybe like episode six, they bring it in where he's still struggling with that note, that knowledge, you know, and then maybe yeah. episode eight, they bring it up once. And then at the end, you know, bam, he's like, I can't handle this anymore. I got to reset. And he resets Whoa. his memory. That may require like something happening. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Someone else dying and coming back or maybe hit him dying and experience everything that uh, um, that Shax had talked to him about. I don't know. I mean, we're only in episode three and he's already kind of freaking out. So I, I wonder if that's going to last all season or not, if you think that that's going to happen. So, so are we going to have a Tasha Yar Wolf's, a Wolf scenario where we kind of have two security officers almost for a little bit? I mean, I think mm-hmm. Worf was what was Worf doing? He was doing something else before he became security officer. Ops or something? What the well, hell was he was he on Con for uh, season one, so he right. was up front on the on Con where Data normally sits for season so, one when Tasha R was around. Before we had uh, Wesley Crusher sitting up there. Uh, yeah, we'd nor- have some no namer on uh, on one of them, and then Worf on the other, which he always looked awkward and not in the right place. But Boimler keeps calling Voyager Voy. You guys ever hear anybody call it Voy? Uh, okay, you want to know. Well, you want to know what's great is Mariner brought that up, or I think it was Mariner, and she's like, you know, that is easier to say. I was like, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I'm never going to so call much it time. It, it will, will always, it will always be known as Voy from now on. Okay, well, no, no, it's yeah. Voyager. Voyager. <laughs> uh, Voy, Voy is your favorite season, isn't it? No, Voyager is not my favorite series. <laughs> Deep Space Nine is. Anyway, we'll just uh, call it. We'll just call it Deep from now on. The the D, yeah, okay. Um, something felt very right about Boimler being a, a Voyager fanboy and having a trunk to carry all of his uh, commemorative plates that he's gotten signed. Said so he's gotten what, everybody from Janeway to Harry Kim. So my my wife's uh, mother or uh, sorry, grandma and grandpa. They your that's what they mother did. Mother in law is your wife, just in case you didn't know that. Thank you, Brad. So, anyways, her her grandma and grandpa traveled and they would get a plate from every state. And so I've experienced actual collective plates before. It's something. It's what yeah. to add that in. Well, yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. All, all in all, this kind of felt right. Like, it seems like him geeking out over this and that. I mean, he was geeking out over over the Titan and um, uh, um, Riker during first season. So what if that continues to be the trope for him and this whole season? He's like, you know, all about Tom Paris and the the crew of Voyager and then he ends up on Voyager, the Delta Quadrant at the end of the season. What if he is going to be on uh, Star Trek uh, Prodigy? And this is how they get him there. I, I like your crazy theory right there. I don't think it's going to happen, but I like that you're going there. You, you keep that ambition with, with those I theories. Will. I'm going to keep that enthusiasm for Boimler being and and something. And and I'm telling you right now, how cool would it be if, it, if we got a live action Jack Quaid in Discovery or... Or Picard, Jack. Boimler. I mean, that would be that would be kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. 
Dude, even if that were just like a a like background Easter egg or something, him walking through with with Boimler's uniform on, doing something stupid or like tripping over a rock or something, and those of us, you know, Boimler fans are gonna be like, "Oh, dude, it's him." They should totally do that. Now that you said that, if you're listening, yeah. anybody who has any kind of power, which yeah. you know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna write into. So I also listen to another podcast called the Delta Flyers, uh, where they're going through. It's Tom. It's uh, Robbie Duncan McNeil and uh, um, Garrett Wong, the Tom Paris and uh, uh, Harry Kim going back through Voyager and talking about like their time on and basically doing what we're doing. But since they're, you know, professional actors doing it a lot better and because they're professional actors, they're getting paid for it where we're, you know, what, three years of doing podcasting. And I noticed our anchor numbers are like in the 20s. So, um, <clears throat> you know. Anyway, they. Um... Oh wait, wait, hold on. That's a great segue. And hey, don't forget to share this uh, podcast with your friends, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening, help us keep growing the community here at the MMG. We want to be. Uh, we would be in the forty range by the end of the season. It's our target, right? Yeah, the twenty was in dollars we've raised, and the. Um, uh, oh, okay, I meant no. viewership, like twenty thousand. Yeah, you guys. No, no, I mean don't, don't, don't lie that much. That sounds like we're oh, actually good. Gosh. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't do embellishment right either. I'm doing it too little or too much. So, right. You know what? Right. And I've realized now just from hearing you speak that you are Brad Boimler. You're like, the, you're like the ultimate fanboy, and that's why you relate to him so much. Right. Well, I wouldn't say I'm ultimate fanboy. Sh- no, show us, I have show never us. shown up to anything dressed as anything. Star Trek. The most I've gotten, the most I've worn outside of here, aside from a t-shirt you got me was the insignia. Will got me for being, a uh, in his, um, wedding crew what do you call it the wedding party his his away mission yeah i mean true i like flying my geek flag i mean if you're embarrassed by it i guess i understand i'm not embarrassed by it i just don't i don't i'm not i don't have a i don't have a starfleet uniform i do have the tattoo that you have in your ass i do have starfleet socks we should all get tattoos of pips i yeah okay i'm not going to i'm I'm not going to disregard that one well what what uh what position am I then? How many pips do I get? Your Boimler's position. Ensign. Ensign? I'm not Ensign. Yeah. There is no way that I'm a freaking Ensign. I mean, we'd all have to be captains, right? No. What, what are you going to be first officer? You can't officer? have a group full of captains. That's like the most boring show ever known. I don't know. We've never seen one like that. Well, we never will either because it sucks. It's going to suck. It's called the Captain's Log. Already got the name. Now let's move on. We're we're getting way off topic here. Whatever, who cares? Just here having fun. Okay, so uh, we've got the plates. Where are we at now? Um, Tendi gets to go on a side mission for uh, for her boss. Uh, uh, it's I can't remember the cat's name. Ta'ar? is that right? The doctor. The doctor. Okay, so he's out on yeah. a side mission. She's on a side mission um, to go to uh, Klar two on a. Um, to, to retrieve something from her her storage shed, basically. Um, and she invites Mariner to go with her to have a girl's trip. And, um, and, and dude, I don't know if you guys noticed it, like, on the way in. Like, the first time I watched this episode, as they're landing on KLR2, like, that, yeah, Quarks. But then if yeah. you, uh, the second time through, I noticed Vic Fontaine's got one there. Um and now I forget. I even think there might have been one called Ten Forward. I don't remember, but I do remember seeing Vic Fontaine's and Quarks. And then, like literally moments later, 
like as he's listening to the Klingon music, which was playing the whole time, and I, I definitely heard that as Klingon music. He called it the band Geek Tall, which is a throwback to a Voyager episode as well. Um, Boy episode. Vo- <sighs> <laughs> what episode of Boy was that? Uh, it was the episode where the doctor tries to run the simulation to have a family. So he understands what it's like to have a family and his son uh, uh, was listening to, uh, or no, no, no. His son was trying to do the geek towel ceremony. And they, I think they might've called the music geek towel or something like that. Anyway, it's from that episode. I just remember that. Um, But yeah, so much throwback and this entire like series of moments here. Um, so let me let me ask you guys a question about that real quick. Okay. So not to throw too much of a topic, when we talk about throwbacks, have you guys felt that so far in this season, the throwbacks don't feel as forced? Like I no, feel like in the totally first season, opposite. Really, I'm, I feel like in yeah, the, first, I'm... the first season it was oh well, you know it felt like um like the Family Guy. Oh, remember the time when, and then a throwback. Oh, you remember this person when, and then throwback, and then. I don't know. It just felt like it was constant throwing out names in the first season. And then this season, it doesn't feel as it's as if it's as forced for throwbacks or call outs like Quarks and Vic Fontaine and what have you. Yeah, I I mean, maybe they've just gotten better about it and a bit. But I thought this whole episode was like total fan service. There was nothing about this episode that wasn't a throwback or reference or something. It wasn't as fed down your throat. I literally have my notes down here names at the very like somewhere in my notes. We'll get to here after a bit was how forced everything felt in this. Ah, see, I feel exactly the opposite. I don't feel it's as if they're just they may be showing it, but they're not like sick calling out the names just to get people's reactions. Okay, look, um, let's see here. Let's go ahead and move forward a little bit and then we'll get there. So, um, um. All right. Where 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 are we at here in my notes? Uh, which is so we we find that what she's actually getting out of this uh, storage unit is a Cation libido statue statue, um, which uh, evidently is because every year the the Cation the cat uh, race has to mate, otherwise they go crazy. So it's just like Ponfar. So I don't know. That seemed forced to continue to further my my evidence here. Um, Whoa, have you ever been around a cat that's like in heat? No, I get my cats fixed. Okay, well, I have, and I'll be honest, I'm going to assume the Vulcan thing actually came from the way cats act. Like when they originally thought up something for Vulcans, like they are all over you, like trying to rub up against you and like purring like crazy. It's a little crazy. And so I thought that was actually a really good um, comparison, or whatever you want to call it. Okay, well, I mean, maybe you're right. Okay, so now that doesn't feel so much like a forced reference or anything. But the fact that she said something similar to Ponfar, I guess, is what what made my mind immediately go towards, oh, look, another species that goes nuts if they don't get it every year. Like, okay. Um, So, okay, okay, I'll let that one go. Um, They did mention here for a moment that Mariner was on DS9, that she served on DS9, and that she she broke Worf's uh, mechleth. Well, she's talked about Worf a couple times. So remember, I think we talked about maybe Worf coming on the show or when they could have worked together before. No, I think you're thinking about a Picard episode about us talking about Worf coming on the show. Either that or that's just another one of your things. I'm just hoping that Worf is going to be on everything we watch. I mean, it is. But 
I do think she referenced him in season one. Best Star Trek character anyway, so it doesn't Whoa, matter. time out. Best Star Trek character ever? You think Worf is the best Star Trek character out of uh, all the all the series? I thoroughly love Worf. He's a really good character. Not my favorite, but he's really good. So who's your favorite? Not- this feels like an appropriate time to ask that question. Who's your favorite? Are we are we counting captains? Or are we going non-captains? We're counting all of them. Every, every character in Star Trek. I mean, you guys are going to hate me, man, but Pike. I freaking love him. I think Pike was the new dude. He he nailed the captain spot. I know we only got one season of him, but he was amazing. We only got one season out of him. We don't know that. Well, I mean, until new so far, so far, I just thought he did a great job. And like, it was crazy because I would have never thought anybody could have probably beat Picard for me, but man, I just loved his character. I thought he did a great job. I liked how he was, he trusted his, we're going off topic again, but he, anyways, he's my favorite. Well, we're going to stay off topic for a minute here. Will, who is your favorite character in all of Trek? I just told you, Worf. Oh, that's right. That's how we got all this start started, as <laughs> you saying that. Okay. I love that you listen to me, Bradley Breedlove. <clears throat> what? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. So all who's right. your favorite, Brad? Yeah, we're, we're, we're waiting. For me to say my favorite? <laughs> now yeah. I don't want to. All right, so moving on. Nog. Because of his character really? arc. Nog? Like I, dude, I like the Ferengi. I like I call me crazy, but I like I like almost every one of the Ferengi episodes in D- Deep Space Nine, which is why I was a little bummed that we didn't make it all the way or plow all the way through to those episodes, because I had some things to say. I freaking love the Ferengi. I mean, I like the DS9 Ferengi, not the next generation Ferengi. I thought the ones from Next Generation were a little weak, except well, anyway, I won't go there. But like Deep Space Nine, pretty much all of them. Quark was my least favorite, but all the others. Uh, Liquidator Brunt, freaking love Jeffrey Coombs, everything he plays. Liquidator Brunt is, uh, I actually rolled a D&D character based off of Liquidator Brunt, had so much fun with that character. So I agree, but I do think Quark was the best Ferengi, though. Oh, like, he, was a, he was a great character overall, but as far as Ferengi, no, he wasn't a great Ferengi. Oh, I felt like he was like the most authentic Ferengi. Like every time I think of a Ferengi, I think of somebody like Quark. Greedy. Nah, in see, it. I can you don't see think why of his like Nog. Uh, and I can't think of his cousin's name right now. Well, um, I, I mean, his cousin was kind of slow, and I think Ferengis are more quick-witted. Um, shoot, I don't know. I can't remember. Or the Grand Nagus. Come on now. The Nagus. <laughs> his ears, I man. love the Nagus. <laughs> okay, now we're way off topic. Okay, bringing this back around. Back around. Uh, wow. We get back to... We're back on the Cerritos now. It's Rom, um, by the way, huh? for our listeners. Rom. So, oh, hold on real quick. Seriously, what do you mean, Rom? Rom? Who are you talking about, Rom? Rom's not his cousin. Rom's his brother. Yeah, know what you're saying? No, I said his cousin. Oh, his cousin. His cousin's the one that sold him the ship, and that turned around to be uh, that had the was supposed to blow up when he tried to go back to Earth, and it took him back into time. Um, They always uh, cousin. It starts with a C or a A sound, huh? Gala. Cousin Gala. It is. It's cousin Gala. Yeah, he's he is a Ferengi. That's like characteristic Frangie right there. See, anyway, I, okay. I think why, one of the reasons I, I agree with your assessment of liking Nog because of his character arc. I mean, he wants to be better than his dad, mm-hmm. right? And he, sees and he goes from being pushed around. He goes very, from being a standard Frangie. Very characteristically for Ferengi yep. to, to, to bettering himself, being a part of the Federation, and then the tragedy from him losing his leg and the character the development that came through that, and him spending time with Vic, him becoming better friends with Jake, and kind of all of that going on, like just the whole character development of Nog is why I like Nog. That's a whole nother episode. I we'll get, get there sometime. Is he seriously your favorite, or are you just 
picking him out of East Face Nine. Over no, he's every, my, he is one of my yeah, he is my favorite right now in this moment. Yes, he's my favorite. I would have changed. Yes, it absolutely will. The show always like it. I haven't watched Deep Space Nine in, in a long time, so it, it makes me a little bit, you know, misty eyed for Deep Space Nine right now. You watch a, you should watch one of the good series, but whatever. Move on. Like oh Boy? Boy's a good one. Boy's a good uh, one. Okay, so we're back on the Cerritos <laughs> and we're in engineering. Rutherford's doing his thing in engineering and Shaq's walked up. Um, and Rutherford is going to burst if he does not ask how he came back. So he leans into it, starts to ask when some no-namer comes in and takes the place. Thank God, because that dude got booted out of out of uh, engineering, um, which I thought was hilarious. Um, let's see. Um, I just want to point out that they mentioned racquetball, which is my favorite recreational sport. Yeah, hey. Yeah, I was how just going to ask, how, how do you hit a racquetball uh, with a racket? Great, thanks. Uh, have they ever yeah. uh, talked about racquetball? And I thought it was some other sport that they played on the next generation. Um, no, uh, Julian and um, O'Brien played racquetball. It didn't look like our racquetball, but they did play racquetball. O'Brien, that's um, a character. Huh? But that, no, O'Brien, that's a character. That is Most a character. O'Brien's good. O'Brien's good. That's why in last season they had a statue of him as being the best engineer. Right. Um, no, it was like the most important person in the most universe. important. Yeah. Uh, non-officer or something like seven that. Of I don't nine. Know. Seven huh? of nine. Seven of nine coming from boy and then going to Picard. Her and Picard. She is pretty wicked in Picard, but she's still not my favorite. I cannot wait to see what season two is going to bring for her. Yeah. Anyway, right. we're watching Lower Decks now, not Picard. So, uh, um, so, okay. So I just one bone, one more bone to pick with this episode here. How many storylines do we have going on in this episode? There it felt like we three. had at least a dozen. And as I was like, as I was watching it earlier, I couldn't keep track of them. No, there was three. You're right. There's three. There's three. Which one's the primary one? Which is the primary story? Which is the primary story in any of this show? I mean, they split it, man. This is completely different. But I mean, definitely Mariner and Tindy's trip is primary. See, that's that's funny you said that. I felt like the primary story was Brad Boimler taking his your plate favorite character to Tom Paris. Like I have that in my notes here as being the A story arc, the B story arc, Tendi and Mariner, and the C story arc being Rutherford and uh Shaxx. Now we got 60% Tendi and Mariner, 20% Boimler, 20% of uh uh Rutherford's little for those issue. of you that are 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 just listening, because we don't record this as a video podcast, which is probably a good thing. You got there a lot lot less people watching. Anyway, uh Eric is looking at a screen as though he's looking at an Excel spreadsheet right now that he's actually broken out the time for each one of these. So um, are yeah. you looking at an Excel spreadsheet right now? I would never do anything like that, Brad. Do you have a pivot table for the amount of time that each character is on screen for this episode? Maybe. Okay. Yes, that, that tracks. Um, so now uh, we are back with Tendi and Mariner again. Um, they're on uh, uh, Bontel which um, this whole thing right here, okay, this is a fan service part that I actually thought was pretty dang funny or pretty dang good. It's a deep hole, but this is the same bar playing the same game with the same race of people that Picard got shanked on <laughs> back in Next Generation. Did you guys catch that? I, yeah. I, did, I didn't know it was the same bar, but I knew it was the same type and same species at least. The, the Nausicans, yep. Yeah. Playing Dom Jot. He, and, and it was and because Picard hustled him. Right. Picard mm -hmm. pretended he wasn't as good and then hustled him. And that's why he got stabbed and then in the heart. He cheated. He cheated. Right. Just like she did. Just like like uh, Mariner tried to get 
Tendi to do with the pheromones. Right. So uh, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. More fan service, but this one was a good one. He even tried to shake it. doesn't feel shanker, didn't he? But yeah, they tried to start the fight pretty much yeah. in the same series of events that, that Picard would have, too. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I liked that. Um, that sequence was pretty quick because we've got three storylines going in a 30-minute episode. These have to bounce they around pretty they were quickly. 12, Brad. They did say they were 12, but I was being... that was That's called metaphor, um, Will. <laughs> so um, we are back on... Uh, on uh, on the Cerritos again. Uh, this time we're on the bridge, uh, and I, I we're approaching what what to me was the primary story arc: Boimler getting his plate signed. Tom Paris comes onto the bridge. He's wearing the uh, the 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 normal um, bridge uniform, um, which I guess just and you know being the nerd here um, in the group, uh, I wondered why why is it the Cerritos has a different? I thought the I thought they were wearing just the updated version of the uniform, but come to find out that it dawned on me that the, the Titan where the gray topped color collared uniforms, just like Tom Paris is here. So I don't know if there's any, any point or rhyme or reason to that, but just something I noticed. Um, you don't even own a Trek uniform. You can't really call yourself a nerd, Brad. Just saying. He does own the Trek uniform. He just has never gone to a convention cosplay. So this really felt like a good part of the episode where Tom Paris is, uh, he felt like a part of the bridge crew again. Like he just really felt like Tom Paris. He's he ignoring really, the comment. Like he was more, really, more of a friend than the two guys I'm doing this episode with. He was really excited to get to that helm. Yeah, he, even he referenced did, something it, about the Cerritos. I can't remember what he said. Something about. He said their engines purr like a kitten. Yeah, there you go. Um, but well, it didn't last long because then the scene cut out, right? Yeah, well, we go to the fact that he fires up the engines. It does a thing, tries to roast Boimler. Boimler burns his plate, and uh, that's pretty much it. Then we're back on to... the engine, right? Huh? Which would put out the engine, right? But they, we never yeah, go back. Yeah, you're right. They did play that. Like, I, didn't, about I, didn't get, it. I mean, the fact they just moved over to the next storyline again. So I don't know. Who knows what happened? What storyline is that? Is that seven? Uh-huh. Is that storyline number seven? Yeah, that feel, feels about right. So we're we're back. We're we're on the pirate colony, uh, the Orion pirate wait, colony now. Wait, wait, you missed one of my favorite lines in this entire episode. What was that? When uh, Tindy is talking about how the Orions are seen in Starfleet as pirates and thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did forget you saying that. Okay, and, tell us about it. And then she goes, she she's like, oh wait, I've got my cousin. He's a he's a thief, and there's this pirate colony that he's at. <laughs> I thought this was just the funniest line I thought was in the entire episode because that's how yeah. Starfleet views him, and that's what, exactly what she just called him. So I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then on the planet, right? Like we find out Tin Tindy can actually be a badass pirate. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> she's she's Devana, the uh, what what was she called? The, the mistress of winter constellations. Yeah. Do we know why uh, their naming scheme works like that? No, we. Well, I don't. I know almost nothing about the Orions. They're yeah. they're totally an original series race, and they're only really referenced in Next Generation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're in Voyager Discovery. now. Or, they're um, boy. Not, Wait, yeah. where are they at in Voyager? Not, not Voyager. I meant to say Discovery. Sorry. Inter- oh, they're right. on Enterprise. They're on Discovery. Well, uh, watch Enterprise. I, I've never watched Enterprise since the first run through. I need to watch it again. They're on the reboot, the Kelvin universe, but you know they're what? also on the original series. I watched the uh, the reboot there from J.J. Uh, Ab- Abrams there, like the 2013 reboot, the original. Yeah. That was a damn good movie. I forgot how good that movie was. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, I liked so cool. it. 
Anyway, we we could do a whole episode dedicated to that. Maybe we will one of these days. We should because I could talk about that. There's a lot about that 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 I liked. So it was really good. I forgot how good it was. I think that are they still making a, a third one or fourth one? I think uh, fourth it, one. No, it's been paused. It got yeah, it got canceled. Then I thought it came back. I don't know where it's at. Anyways, yeah, continue anyway. on. So okay. we're on the pirate planet. We got yeah, that. we're on the pirate planet. Um, um, she's evidently some kind of royalty in the Orion. She's Devana, the mistress of of winter constellations. I don't remember that uh, anybody has ever called her Devana. She said that was her first name, like and and held it against Mariner. But I don't I don't think we even knew that. I don't think anybody's ever called her Devana. They've only called her Tendi. Um, so that was that was a revelation there. Um, what about, what, about awesome. when Mar- what about when Mariner was like uh saying how her cousin was Not, really yeah. yeah really sexy and 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 Tindy was all about like oh, I thought you were you had it for Boimler she goes yeah. no he's like a pet he's like you yeah that was pretty funny. I, I was like yeah the, it, that's that's what's gonna happen I I still call on that one yeah they're probably gonna gonna do the dang thing but more moreover on this I hope that they spend more time with her being the mistress of winter constellations. I, I I think we're going to end up back on Orion somewhere and she's going to be like royalty of some sort, like actually treated as royalty. So that's what I don't know. They were after, you know, pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because she was harboring somebody who wasn't Orion though. Um, that'd be cool. I'd like to see that episode. I like seeing the badass Tindy. Uh, let's see. Huh? Yeah. Um, so that doesn't last real long. Mariner's disguise starts to wear off. The relationship begins to wear, fall apart. Um, we're now back to to Boimler. Um, that's not the only thing that's falling apart. Yeah, his shirt. Um, no, and Boimler's the, the, sanity the cat, at that moment, huh? The cat, the cat totem. That's what the I meant. The cat totem. Oh yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Good call. Sorry, I missed that. Anyway, Boimler is starting to hallucinate hallucinate now, and Tom Paris on the plate is starting to talk to Boimler. <laughs> Which, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, and even even Plate Paris makes reference to the fact that he's <laughs> talking to a plate. Two muffins sitting in an oven. One muffin looks at the other and says, man, it's getting hot in here. And the second one says, ah, it's a talking muffin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Shax is uh, um, getting into a turbo lift when Rutherford runs up and Shax goes, Hey, what's going on, baby bear? <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> every time I saw that, I had this what same was reaction. That it cracks me up. <laughs> Why did he call him that? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. It's still hilarious. <laughs> hey there, baby bear. <laughs> oh God. What would have had to do with Remember, Rutherford was going to go be on Shax's security team. Yeah. Maybe he called him baby bear back then too, but right. It cracked me up. I don't remember, so could be. Uh, and uh, um, you know, Shax tells them the reason they don't talk about the the ways they come back is because of how dark it is and whatnot. And Rutherford's just like, "Yeah, I'm in, I'm in." <laughs> I don't know. Rutherford might be my like second favorite character in uh in this show, um, especially because Eric can't say it right. Rutherford. 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 Uh, so we're back to Boimler. Uh, again, he's looking a little more, a little more crazy, a little more tan, a little more torn, actually like a Kazon. So when he drops down into the bridge <laughs> and Tom Paris yells, ah, Kazon and starts to pummel him. I thought that was pretty good. He did. They did a good job making him look like that. 
Yeah, that was another fan servicey thing that I thought was pretty funny. Except when, like, so for me, I get the commercials. But so they 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 cut to commercial right then, and as soon as they come back to commercial, he's like, "This is how we do it in the Delta Quadrant." Plop, and then punches him in the face, which I thought was a dumb line. Could have done without that one. That was the Kazon, anyway. Uh, they're like the first main villain they ran into, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. And boy, Voyager, Viger. If you want to save time with Voyager, call it Viger. Boy is better. Boy Save so much, so much time. The whole syllable you're missing there. <clears throat> um, so let's see. We're wrapping up the episode now. So, uh, so, real, so real quick, we haven't really talked about it, but the whole, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Security guy coming back to life, right? Shaft. 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 The, the whole time they're referencing different parts about, oh, you know, that only happens when you're brought it back. Yeah, with they reference every time anybody's ever been brought back to life. Like well, except for the cool. one where they said like micro robots brought him back and contained him with inside of mini Dyson sphere to harvest his power. That did not make any sense whatsoever with Trek technology. Come on. Let's be realistic. Uh like the mirror universe quote. Mirror no, mirror. like uh Discovery when we had uh what's his face? Uh what was his name? The guy we thought was gonna be the originator of the Borg. Oh, control. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah, but they didn't try to contain him in a mini Dyson sphere. Come on now. Did they? No. Did they not? How many no. is the Dyson sphere? Huh? We, we How many was powered by a Dyson sphere? The only thing that the only thing that okay, look, Dyson spheres only work if they're containing a star. Didn't that happen to Spock? No, that's what happened to Scotty. Scotty's ship crashed into a Dyson sphere. Oh, okay, so it has happened then. No. No, okay. The Dyson Sphere in that episode back, literally called Star Trek Next Generation episode Relics. Go look it up and watch it. It's a great episode. Scotty is on his way to a a a retirement community. When his ship stumbles upon a Dyson Sphere, he gets curious. They go up and check check it out. And when they hail it, it tries to bring them in, which then uh, causes problems with the mini ship. It crashes, and he sticks himself into a pattern buffer on the transporter and stays there for what thirty or forty years. The okay, Dyson Sphere in black. So Men in Black, the little cat, has oh a little universe. God. Is is Orion. that a Dyson Sphere? Oh my gosh. No, that's yeah, not a Dyson Sphere. A Dyson Sphere takes a sun or a star, builds a, builds a thing around it, and then people live on the inside layer of the Dyson Sphere while it collects the energy and radiation from the sun to power itself. So Eric, That's actually a legitimate like theor- theoretical thing. Like Star Trek just didn't yank this out of nowhere. So the thing in Men in Black, it was a whole entire galaxy. That okay. was in on Ryan's on. belt, so that was actually more powerful than a Dyson sphere. Yeah, I was. Just it's also it's it. also very similar to the micro world um, in Rick and Morty, where Rick has convinced that whole micro world of people to bounce up and down to create power. No, do you guys don't watch that show? I love Rick and Morty. Yes. So, uh, and then they create another micro world that creates another micro world, and so we're like going on Inception there on that one. So maybe we should do a Rick and Morty podcast. Uh, anyway. Uh, Mariner learns two things about Tendi. One is she's a good person, and two, her plans suck. And so she takes the ship, the 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 shuttlecraft. <laughs> this was actually pretty good, I thought too. Ramming speed and rams into the Cerritos and just pinks off the off the uh, the, the shield. <laughs> Damage report none. Well, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good too because it showed the Mariner, you know, was there to help her friend no matter what. So she yeah, just took okay. the blame for it. And then right after that point, that's a pull from something that wasn't Star Trek whatsoever. She goes, it was a bees. <laughs> Tommy boy all the way there. <laughs> bees. Ah. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, obviously. So um, didn't really have much else 
past that point? I mean, we got That's... to see her in the brig again for the second episode in a row. No, 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 no. The best part. What the hell was the 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 thing in the box? What was the box for? That was oh, my, yeah, yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. part of the episode. That. So yeah. it takes the box. The the doctor comes in. He says, oh, I don't care about what's inside. I just want the box. Fucking true cat nature crawls up in the box. And says, oh, yes, yeah, this shit right there. <laughs> I right. love it, man. It's exactly yeah, what yeah. my cats do. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Didn't care about anything in the box. They only wanted the box. Right. Could have saved their entire dilemma. But it did bring the two of them, I feel, closer together. Yeah. Sure. Because I mean that's very very accurate because so far we haven't really seen any engagement between Tindy and Mariner and this is really the first time that they've alone done something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also really haven't seen too much of Rutherford and uh, Mariner. Oh, that either. Mariner doing right. anything? You know, it's really if if Rutherford's in the episode, he's really just doing something with Tindy or he's on his own, right? right? Or he's doing right. something with Shax or was in the first season, and then Boimler. Just as if with Mariner. So this is really the first time we're kind of branching out from that. We have that, yeah, the core group, but they're kind of paired up. So yep, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. I wonder if they're going to continue down that process going forward. So this could have like, been a great, great pairing reason up weird people, Rutherford and Boimler to be able to get together and hang out. Boys weekend. Boys weekend. So when is uh? I want I want to join the inner inner party of this. I want um um what's his name? Kason from the last one. I want him to be to to not be a puppet anymore for him to to come back into the episode. So the one guy came back in and when uh Boiler was trying to open the door, yeah. Yeah. We Jed. see him again. Yep. So what well, do you think I, was the reason the doors wouldn't open for Boimler? Because the security clearance wasn't working after the packlets take over. Well, he said he checked and he had access. I was wondering if it was something to do with like his cloning. But I, th- I figured, well, it could have been, but I was thinking that the, that it was just somebody playing a prank. I thought maybe Jet was playing a prank on him because remember the last episode, he was like, you're just always talking about Boimler. Right. You know what I mean? So I thought maybe he turned off, so it, that didn't turn out to be a storyline. Well, anything else I missed? The replicated uh, plant that Boimler got. A, uh, a bonsai tree. Mm-hmm. On Paris and him, we're going to go hang out in a bar. Oh, yeah. Okay, I did forget about that. They were going to hang out. So what did you feel? What did you guys feel about Tom Paris actually being in this episode? Did you feel like it was really needed or I mean, nope. did it did it advance the story? Is that the kind of bring in for a, an, a, an original, not original, but uh, a Trek character? Is that kind of how we want to bring in Trek characters? Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I for, I, for this episode, awesome. this show. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Riker was awesome, but yeah, I don't know. So I, I really could feel like it could have been a cooler story with having Tom Paris in it. Something yeah. a little or maybe giving him more reason to be there. I suppose that would have been right. I mean, because there was literally no reason he was there. Right. I, I think they're going to keep the same pace and I like it. I think it'd be weird trying to bring in a, I mean, there's so many Trek characters they can bring in for like a guest appearance where they're just kind of there on the side. Um, right. I think I like, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I like, it. I think they did it right. Well, so here's the thing is, you know, we got all these original classic Trek, actors that are still alive and i was actually talking to my friend ben about this a couple weeks ago is they have so much potential to go ahead and bring them on as voice actors there is absolutely nothing stopping some of the older actors from coming in and acting just like what they did with jonathan frakes you know but you know they, they've shown what we have here they're going to do that voy series right with janeway the, G. the cartoon the, the cartoon one right yeah, yeah it looks good so, i mean i don't understand we could have more next generation episodes as animated series. Every yeah. single one of those actors is still alive. There's no reason they, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't want to. It's not like, uh, 
uh, it's not like anybody's really doing anything else, right? Mm. I mean, LeVar Burton's not hosting Jeopardy or anything. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I think Ryger's pretty busy and Picard too with his own series, but um, they're voice actors. That's, they're prob- they're probably afraid it's gonna be like a lot of producing. I mean, he's he's a big time producer. So is Robbie Duncan McNeil, um, who was in this episode. I guess so that's not yeah, really. This I is mean, voice he, acting. This isn't like you, you don't necessarily have to go out on shoot or anything. You just go to a studio, record some lines and shit. But anyway, what I'm yeah, getting at is the guys that are on it, trying to do a podcast without with having good quality audio. Like we like that's more to it for an episode like this. Hello, we're not freaking Paramount. Are you Paramount? I mean, we're I don't have. Not- you know, I don't have the pocketbook for them. They do. Did you get ice cream? So anyways, let, let's keep moving forward here. So I think they're afraid it's going to be like the animated series in the 70s that didn't do very well. And they yeah. have so much so much other track that I think is doing well. They still don't really release many numbers, but it must be since they keep producing it, right? Do you, I mean, how popular a Next Generation cartoon series would be, though? Just Not like very. I don't want to watch a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, what I are you watching it. now? What are we I, talking I about it. now? Yeah, but what else are they going to do? Times have changed, man. The old old track doesn't work anymore. Uh, I don't know that I, I agree with that. I think we could go back to a a style of track that's like Next Generation. Nope. You'd be well, that's basically what the whole last episode of this was was Warner telling Riker that there was a there's a there's an allure or there's a uh, what what was it called? There's a there's the Starfleet that he misses, which is the going around and exploring and doing this kind of thing. I thought that maybe that was a tip that there was going to be another episode or another series kind of like that, that they, um, that that was, you know, and the other, other producers of these shows, like realizing that there's some of us out there that do want a next generation. And I mean, I love the story arc, big story arc shows like Picard and discovery and deep space nine. I love it, but I wouldn't mind having something that's a little like lower paced for, most of it that each episode is a self-contained thing. And also honestly, know. it's something a little more family friendly. Yeah, it is family. And it's more television friendly, which I guess is not something we care about anymore since we're streaming everything. But I don't know. That's Brave New Worlds. That's what they're doing in Brave New Worlds. You're not going to get anything more, uh, what's the right word, uh, 90s than Brave New World, I don't think. So you think think we'll go more episodic with Brave yeah, New Yeah, they've World. already said that. Cool with. Yeah, totally... they've already said that. They have already said that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. We know but, how it's going to end. No, yeah, we do how it's going to end. Did you not hear Hugh and Picard? Beep. Nothing, nothing cannot be changed. Everything can be changed. All you have to do is pop Q in, or Amanda Knox, or any of those. Uh, anyway, well, so what do you guys give this episode? One out of ten, or uh, not one out of ten, but scale of one to ten. Seven point five for me. I liked it quite a bit. Maybe I even an eight. Why? It was it was fun, casual, lots of callbacks. I like the story arc. I like seeing Tindy and uh, Mariner work together. Uh, the whole Paris thing was just funny. Honestly, my least favorite part was uh, um, the whole part with the guy being dead. I I don't know. That seemed a little pushed and forced, but we'll see where it goes. It could be fun. Sure. So okay. well, la- last episode, uh, I gave that one a 10. I really, really, really had a lot of fun with that episode. This one I, it was good. I, I can't say that I wouldn't watch this one if it was if it came on the air and I was just had, you know, some time to kill it. I just wanted to watch something track. Yeah, I, I would. Definitely watch this one. I don't think that I would purposefully search it out of so far of all of the episodes for New World. So I'm going to give this one. I'm going to think I'm going to be right there with you. Seven, about seven, seven and a half. It was good. 
average. It wouldn't. I wouldn't say it takes the cake though, like last episode. I would have given this one a 5.5 on everything, but I bumped it up to a six because of the presence of Tom Paris. Uh, That's the only reason. I'll be honest. I like Tom Paris and boy, but he was definitely not, not my top three characters. We are not making that a thing. (laughs) We are. It already is. It's done. Uh, It's canon. So who's your favorite character in boy? Brad, go. The doctor. Second character. Second favorite. Doctor's a good one. So um, let, let, let me change it. Where would Tom Paris fit in? What would you rank him as far as favorite characters in Boy? I don't even know if he'd be my top five. Uh, Number five. Number five. Will? (laughs) I don't like Voyager, so zero. None of them. He would be over five for me, probably. Like, I I really liked a lot of the characters. Seven to nine, Janeway, um, the Doctor, definitely in that mix. I even liked the cook. I didn't even like him at first. Uh, What's his name? Not Calix. Yeah, uh, Neelix. I didn't like him at first, but he kind of slowly grew on me like a fungus. I even kind of liked him there towards the end. Um, I don't know. Just I was not a fan of Tom Paris. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, he was, that's... he was okay. They just didn't do much with him. I don't know. Just, right. No, in, I'm, in I'm all not, honesty, I'd all agree with. They left a yeah. lot on the table with him. In all honesty, I liked I liked um, Harry Kim. I like him too. They didn't do much with him either, but I still liked him better in Paris. I liked the uh, Vulcan. Um, Tupac. Tupac. Yeah, Tupac. And Chicote was okay. But they pressed, I, I feel like they pressed the uh, Native American thing, spirit and that kind of stuff, just a little bit too much for what I cared about. I did not like Chocolate at all. That was also my favorite quote. We You mentioned it earlier at the end of the episode when Mariner, when Mariner said, did you get your bowl signed by Chocolate? Or who, I think it's who she said. Yeah, she did. I thought that was hilarious. Chocolate, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So seven to nine is good. I don't know. I didn't get that far. I, I I need to rewatch all of Voyager and give it another shot. It's just I was in season two, maybe it's the beginning of season three, and my mind was beginning to melt because it's just so bored. Oh, it gets really Voyager, good. Look, Voyager shines when you can Boy. watch it all back to back. It did not go well when it was a every week episode. If you can just sit there and plow through it, it it's better. Well, I and I can understand that because when I first tried to watch DS Nine, I felt the same way. But plowing through it, it's it's so good. So yeah. anyway. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. Don't forget to check out the rest of our content on MatureMindedGamers.com. We do video games, board games, Star Trek, D&D, a little bit of everything on there. You can find the link in the description below. Join our Discord and chat with us. Thanks for listening and have yourself a great night.